It's a successful middle ground solution to the medical malpractice crisis. You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and with me today is Doug Wachesek, the founder and spokesperson for the Sari Works Coalition in Glen Carbon, Illinois, and attorney James W. Saxton with Stevens and Lee Law Firm in Lancaster. Pennsylvania. Mr. Wojcicic and Mr. Saxton, along with attorney Maggie Finkelstein, are co-authors of the new book, Sorry Works, Disclosure, Apology, and Relationships Prevent Medical Malpractice Claims. Mr. Wojcicic, welcome back to the Clinician's Roundtable. Thank you for having me. It's good to talk to your audience again. Mr. Saxton, welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. Susan, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Mr. Wojcicic, let's start with you. What led you to found the Sari Works Coalition? Well, a tragic personal experience and professional experiences as well. I lost my oldest brother, Jim, to medical errors almost 10 years ago. Uh, he walked into a Cincinnati, Ohio hospital complaining of chest, shoulder, neck, and stomach pain so severe it got him out of bed at 2 o'clock in the morning. And he went into the emergency room and they said, look, you're 39 years old. You're too young to be having a heart attack. They didn't draw blood. They did nothing to rule out that he was having a heart attack. They just assumed he was having a severe stomach pain and sent him home with two tums. The next morning, my parents brought him back to the same hospital. This time, they drew the blood. He was still obviously in a lot of pain. They drew the blood. Sure enough, the enzyme was in the blood, showing the heart was in distress. They got him into ICU, and that's where the second major mix-up happened. The computer monitor over his bed read Ray Wachesek. That's my dad's name. My brother's name was Jim, as I said. And my dad had had heart stress tests done in that same hospital, in the months prior to my brother's death. And my dad, when he had his test done, you know, perfect cardiac workup, no blockage, no cardiac disease, uh, nothing. So when they caught the name over the bed, the attending physician was absolutely sure that it was Ray Wachesek in the bed, not Jim Wachesek. And my dad had to pull out driver's licenses. They switched the name over the bed, but we believe when they formed the diagnosis of a bacterial infection in the heart, they did so because they were looking at dad's charts. And for two days, they allowed my brother to linger, pumping him full of antibiotics as he slid downhill. And it was only on, you know, the last day he was alive, they figured out that they had four major arteries blocked. But by the time they figured that out, he went, you know, into cardiac arrest, he crashed. They were able to get him into emergency open-heart surgery, but they could never get him off the table. He died on the table. And from that point on, it was a real cover-up, and our family had to sue to get answers. We won the lawsuit. There was a settlement forced by the court, but we never got a real apology. And so that was a tough experience. And professionally, I've worked for both tort reformers, the medical community, and, and also the trial bar on the med mal issue. And out of all those personal and professional experiences, I, I thought to myself there had to be a better way the work that was initially done down at the Lexington, Kentucky VA and some other hospitals where they were doing disclosure and apology as a way of handling their med mal situation made sense to me as a, as a family member who lost a brother. It made sense to me as a political professional who was doing work on the med mal issue. And that's where we came up with the term Sorry Works to describe it. And I've been pushing it as a middle ground solution ever since. And it's really gotten a lot of traction. And culmination of that work is this book we're producing with Stevenson Lee. How did you and Mr. Saxton meet? kind of a small group of folks out there that are talking about this issue and we kind of kept bumping into each other at meetings and conferences and, and hearing each other talk and before you know it, we started talking together and saying hey you know we're saying the same thing and I'm a family member and a PR person and your attorney and, and maybe we can do some great things together and, and now we do uh, together we do consulting and other types of training for hospitals and insurance companies and doctors and then this book is the next thing that we're working on. 
Mr. Saxton, tell us about your new book, Sorry Works, Disclosure, Apology, and Relationships Prevent Medical Malpractice Claims. Well, Susan, this is the ultimate how-to book. In other words, in about 100 pages, we've taken the data on what causes malpractice claims. We've taken all the information that Doug has gathered over the years, as well as our firm that has worked extensively over the last 25 years in this area. It's, of course, been my entire practice representing doctors in the courtroom. So we put it all together, and we'll explain why and how sorry works. We'll explain the difference between I'm sorry, showing empathy, in other words, and an apology, accepting responsibility. And then go through, how do you develop a disclosure policy? Literally, how do you apologize? What are the potential barriers? So it's really going to be there all under one cover, and it's going to be an easy read. Mr. Saxton, how is a failure to communicate with family members after a bad medical outcome perceived? You know, it's really the worst of all worlds because it's perceived by the family as a lack of caring or worse. Sometimes it's perceived as you don't want to give me the information about what happened. And importantly, and I mean critically important, that's the way it's perceived by patients or family members' peers. And, and we've got to remember that from a litigation standpoint, is those 12 jurors are 12 patients. They're not 12 doctors. And so they sort of perceive it the same way that the patient or family member would. And we've got to prevent that. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Susan Dolan, your host, and joining me is Doug Wachesek, founder of the Sorry Works Coalition, and attorney James Saxton of Stevens and Lee Law Firm, discussing full disclosure and apology. Mr. Saxton, how does a doctor's failure to apologize and disclose affect the grieving process for loved ones. Well, you can only imagine that when someone has an adverse outcome, it's devastating to them. Or if there was a very unfortunate death involving health care, of course the family is devastated. They need and want their doctor more than ever then. They need closure. They need to be told and explained to the extent we know. And sometimes we don't, but we can tell them that. They need that information. If they don't get that information, Susan, and this is important, it doesn't stop them from thinking about it. So they almost start to conjure up worst-case scenarios and make assumptions that are incorrect, and it really sort of haunts them. And that's why this whole disclosure and information, again, done the right way, done carefully, is really something very compassionate for patients and something they need. Mr. Wachesek, how do doctors benefit from offering an apology? Well, they benefit in many different ways. You know, one of the big themes of the disclosure and apology movement is, is that this, this is a really good way to reduce litigation, reduce claims, reduce the costs of litigation. And those factors are all very prevalent. All the data that's coming out backs up those statements. So that is obviously a big benefit because that's what a lot of doctors are saying to us. They're saying to us on the steps of the capital, the state capitals, the U.S. capital, we're getting sued too much, our insurance rates are too high, so on and so forth. So that's a real answer 
you know, disclosure apology provides a real concrete answer. The second benefit is they can do this on their own. They don't have to go uh, ask a politician or a judge or, or anyone else to do this for them. It's really good customer service. After something goes wrong, get in there and take care of the patient, the family, your customer, and work with them and try to fix problems and, and maintain those relationships instead of breaking them off. Third and finally, the biggest benefit is that the providers get disclosure. You know, as a person who lost his brother to medical errors, I know, and unfortunately I know, that patients and families suffer tremendously after an adverse medical event. However, providers suffer as well. As the old saying goes, no doctor or nurse gets up in the morning and says, I'm going to malpractice somebody. You know, they suffer just as much as the patient and family, sometimes even more. And the only way they can get closure and get healing and move on with their careers is to look that patient or family in the eye and say, I'm sorry, and, and hopefully get some forgiveness, but at least get some closure and get the thing off their chest, because that's so valuable, their mental health and their mental well-being. Behind closed doors, what are the specifics of what happened to the doctors when they don't apologize? There's a lot of consequences for them individually and for their families and for their practices. You know, an adverse medical event is an emotionally explosive situation, so if you try to bottle all that up, your listeners just can imagine what happened to people. I mean, I've heard of plenty of stories around the country of doctors retiring early, quitting their practices, depression, ruined uh, marriages, ruined families, and yes, even suicides, all because doctors couldn't come to grips with what happened, you know, in most cases, honest human mistake that they couldn't get off their chest. You know, as the old saying goes, confession is good for the soul. It really is, and, and this is what we're talking about. Mr. Sexton, describe what you mean by five-star customer service. This is really an important concept, and it embraces what we're discussing today, good communication, disclosure, apology where appropriate. What it means is thinking about what patients and families really want. Five-star customer service, of course, is something I've written a great deal on, and I got a lot of my information about really looking at organizations like the Ritz organization or Disney, and how do they please people consistently and pervasively? Now, I know a lot of my doctor's practices obviously aren't like a nice restaurant or an amusement park. That's not the point. The point is Five Star is about developing a culture where consistently and pervasively everyone in the organization focuses on the patient. It could be something as simple as saying good morning to each other, because it's both internal and external, or to the patient and family, and really turning it on in those first 10 seconds, even under stress, to as complex as how you handle a difficult situation like disclosure post-adverse event. Mr. Sexton, how do apology and disclosure settlement offers compare to jury awards? Clearly, they're going to be much, much less because we know what drives verdicts in the courtroom is often emotion, meaning if a jury, and that's other patients, and we kind of remember that, that those 12 jurors are all patients. None of them are doctors. So if something took place during the time healthcare was being provided, like a lack of disclosure, poor communication, poor service, or something that they can interpret as a cover-up, that's what drives the numbers up. If you're able to resolve the right case, and again, I say the right case, settlements are not for cases of malocurrences, but after due diligence, it's the right case to resolve, and you can resolve it early 
with the family, without a lot of anger, clearly the number's going to be a lot less. Mr. Wojcicki, how can listeners get a copy of your new book, Sorry Works, Disclosure, Apology, and Relationships Prevent Medical Malpractice Claims? Well, the best way for your listeners to get our book is to go to the Sorry Works website. That's sorryworks.net. If people are driving, they can't write that down. Just go into Google and type in Sorry Works exclamation point, and, and it'll pop right up. Doug Wojcicki and James Saxton, thank you so much for joining us to discuss full disclosure and apology. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity today. Thanks, Susan. I'm Susan Dolan. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.